You are listening to the People-Centric Podcast, where we talk through the toughest challenges that people face at work and give practical advice to fixing those challenges. Thanks for joining our movement to create workplaces that are happier, healthier, aligned, and empowered by putting people at the center of all that we do. Hey, people-centric leaders, look who's back. I was going to do that whole guess who's back, back again, but that might date myself, right? It's me, Matt Griswold, here on the People-Centric Podcast. And it's been, guys, it's been like two months, I think, since I've recorded a podcast uh, for you all. Yes, I still work here. It's just I've gone maybe in a little bit different direction uh, from from, uh, my availability, I guess, for the podcast and such. But we are excited to be able to be here. And today, I'm going to go ahead and tell us kind of build the context and I'll introduce who else is with me on the podcast today. Uh, this is the first time, I will say this, this is the first time I've been able to do the podcast with two of the participants here. So this is this is brand new, uh, brand new for, for some of us. You know, recently I had a conversation with somebody and we were talking about the less and less masks that we are seeing in the area. This thing that became a part of our lives for so long, for a few years there with masks. And every now and again, you still see some organization that might still require a mask or a person that that has a mask on. I think we were traveling in Seattle not too long ago and we saw a random person with a mask walking across the street. And I think that started this conversation. And I had a conversation recently with uh, healthcare. We're bringing the healthcare at a conference. And one of the ladies at the healthcare conference even though the rest of the conversation was going, yes, I'm glad we don't have to wear the, the masks in our clinic anymore. I'm glad that we finally got, got rid of that. One of the ladies around the table said, I kind of miss it. Not for the reason that you think that she kind of misses it. Not, not for the reason for the germs, but because it did a good job at hiding her face. Why do we need to hide her face, you might ask? And this was her whole reason, because she said, sometimes I'm accused of not having the most positive nonverbal facial expressions. And in my mask, I was able to, I didn't have to really hide it. Like when somebody, for instance, brings me a terrible idea or has a suggestion that I do not like, I had to do a lot less faking whenever I was able to wear the mask. Now, the topic of today is what do we do when somebody brings us a bad idea? And it's going to branch off of this off of this to uh, many different areas there. We are going to bring it back to work-related uh, work, work related as well, but some of you might be going, yes, I do miss that part about the masks too. I didn't have to do a lot of faking. Or you might be sitting there going, uh, you might be struggling with another thing that I just said. Uh, I thought there was no such things as bad ideas. Don't we want all of the ideas? I thought that's what we were supposed to do, ask everybody for all of their ideas all the time. And we would probably back off of that um, as well. So how do we handle those responses while still maintaining uh, maintaining good relationships within the workplace, while still being able to build this idea of psychological safety? How do we handle those bad ideas or maybe bad suggestions? That's what we're going to get into today. I am surrounded by wonderful people. First, let me introduce, introduce uh, Stephanie Anderson. Stephanie, would you like to say a little something into the camera? Oh, hello, everyone. And I'll say, I kind of get where she's coming from with the masks. I think for me, there were little things that you realized like behind the mask you could do that all of a sudden now you take the mask off and you'll see people like licking their lip or doing something weird that you're like, oh, like I look weird, don't I? And like, that's been covering this part of my face (laughs) or 
yeah i i kind of i kind of get where she's coming from i don't have a very good poker face either i have to think don't let your face say that yeah that's true and if diana were here she would echo that diana's not joining us today but she has that sign behind her desk that literally says it's just my face it's just my face i make no apologies i'm not trying to judge you i am just listening i'm just your example though stephanie of licking your upper lip there i'm glad this is on youtube now uh that was that was a good nonverbal as well I, well and if you're watching on youtube you'll notice i started to see myself do it and then stopped because I was like, <laughs> this is why you don't do that anymore stephanie anderson because it looks weird so Bart. Also joining us, we have Ben Roars. Ben, man, it's good to do a podcast with you. I know that we've spoken maybe, honestly, a handful of times since you've been uh, since you've been hired. I work primarily from home. I don't go to the office uh, quite a bit there, but welcome to the podcast. What are your thoughts? Which direction do you think this is going to go today? Well, it's good to be on a podcast with you, Matt. I, I, I watched you on a podcast from afar and now I'm, I'm in it. I'm, I'm sort of you know, in the thing that I watched, I'm like sort of some sort of Truman Show phenomenon or something. I don't, um, I don't know how to, I don't know what to call it exactly, but yeah, no, it's going to be here. Um, I get, for me, I, I have kind of a, a teaching background, a sort of academic background. And when I think about responding to bad ideas, when students are coming up with paper ideas and project ideas, they have to cycle through a lot of bad ideas to get to the good ones. And so um, I think I think that process of 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 uh, getting the bad ones out of the way so you can get down to the good stuff is the the better you can do it the more efficiently you can do it the the better everybody else is in the process and so um, that's kind of where where my head goes and and probably what I'll uh, bring to the table today. So. Yeah, I like it, and I was hoping you were going to bring that uh, former academic world up there because there are pros and cons. There are pros and cons to accepting the ideas, but also there's there's cons of not accepting the ideas too. And we'll talk about that as well. So last but not least, Philip Herzog, ladies and gentlemen, is joining us on the podcast today too. Philip, this is another first for you and I. We have not been able to be on the podcast together either. Uh, are you excited about this topic? Oh, stoked about this topic. One of my strengths is positivity though. So if I took the angel's advocate role, I would say, you know, even a bad idea could be good if it reminds you of better ideas or reminds you about mission, you know? So maybe by comparison, bad ideas can still be useful. But yes, the last thing too, if it's not the mask, I think what we still have though to hide or just our, our own personhood when we're trying to hide it is the screen. So if you're on lots of virtual calls, I've seen many times, you know, if maybe a meeting is getting uh, just a little tense or going in a direction where people want to clock out, screen off is still kind of used to do what the mask used to do in person. So I think a lot of people are maybe still choosing that route too. But yeah, great to be on the podcast with you too, Matt. All right. Uh, I appreciate it there. Yeah. And that, that is an interesting, you know, as many times as we say, hey, make sure you're, I, I think we've all, done, all been on those calls where there's a moderator, maybe on the other side, we're facilitating it, but somebody's encouraging everybody to please use your screens. And, you know, there's people behind the screens going, you do not want to see my face right now if I have to turn this screen right, uh, screen on. So anyway, welcome uh, to this podcast. Hopefully, you know, our goal every time that we do a podcast to be able to hopefully you can take something away, just a thing, just one thing, maybe some food for thought that you could go and apply to your life at work. I also understand there's a different dynamic here too. What if I'm an employee who has a, a an idea that I want to bring to a manager, but maybe, maybe it's an opportunity 
for the manager to be a better manager. And, you know, we'll, we'll maybe dive into some of those things too. So let's define maybe this idea of a bad idea. How are we defining bad idea? You know, we got together before this uh, call was, uh, sorry, before the podcast and Ben, you were saying, I wonder if it would be helpful to define that. I think it would be helpful. So I'll open the floor. When we say bad ideas, because Ben is going, wait a second, there are people out there who there's no such thing as a bad idea. How are we categorizing a bad idea. Who would like to start that? Well, and it's a bad idea to think that there are no bad ideas. So there's my hot take. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's get this going hot. I I think for me, when I think of a bad idea, it is hard to define, right? Because there is a little bit of like subjectivity here of like some things might make me feel more excited and passionate than they do you. So like I know, for example, like when somebody gets really into the weeds of like ideas of how we could improve count accounting systems, I'm like, this all sounds like a not fun idea to me, but to somebody else, it could be great. So I think it is um, important just to recognize that there's a little bit of just like personal opinion and background and worldview and personality we all bring to it. But some of like when I feel like I've heard bad ideas in the workplace or bad ideas have been brought to me it's that those ideas are kind of misaligned that like, it seems like that idea really is not helping us move closer to our goal or our mission and could potentially even cause mission drift. You know, like um, we were also talking before this, like Don will give the example a lot of like, well, what if your employees came to you and like, let's start an ice cream shop, you know, that's not, I mean, not a bad idea. There are a lot of really successful ice cream shops in the world, and I am a frequent customer of them and love them. But if I am running a hospital, that is pretty bad idea, right? For us to start allocating time and resources and funds toward an ice cream shop as part of our primary core business, because it's misaligned with our mission to like save lives. I mean, ice cream could save your day maybe and your mood sometimes, but probably not in the same way that your doctor could. So now I just really want ice cream. Now I just really want ice cream right now. I don't even care. We could just, we could end it here and come back next week, (laughs) friends. We all have to get ice cream. (laughs) No, I I like what you're saying. Stephanie's, Stephanie's talking about, you know, all of a sudden now we're tying this idea to strategy, right? If I don't have a clear strategy of what winning looks like for the organization, Uh, It's really hard to, and I'm trying not to go somewhere else because I think it's a whole other podcast. I'm trying not to go into buy-in because, you know, I have to be able to gain buy-in. Sometimes it might seem like a bad idea, but I know it's a good idea. I've got to be able to gain gain buy-in. It's hard to gain buy-in if it's not tied to an overall strategy of success or an overall goal of where we're trying to go, Uh, you know, and so I have to. uh, You're saying, wait a second, so we need some goals to be able to shoot for to determine if it's a bad idea or not. Maybe. Maybe uh, it, it's really hard to be able to go along with an idea, especially if it's going to cost money, if it's going to cost resources, if it doesn't tie directly to an overall goal or an objective that we're also trying to shoot for at the same time. Uh, if it's if the idea is, you know what, we want to switch the coffee from Folgers to Maxwell House or whatever. And by the way, if you if you know of the people centric team. Uh, sans myself, I'm getting dirty looks from people because they're like, seriously, those are, even those are both bad ideas. <laughs> For which no type of coffee you should use. 
We're after sponsors. We would take Folgers. I love Folgers. So any, anyway, it, it might be one of those ideas where it's it's a, this is a simple fix, like whatever, whatever you want to do. But if it's tied to money or resources, all of a sudden now that probably also needs to be tied to the goal or the mission or the direction that we're trying to take the organization. Ben, I wanted to go to you, though. You were talking about your previous life in the academic world there. And one of the things that you said was interesting. You said one of the uh, lots of things you said were interesting. No offense, Ben. But one of the things I wanted to talk about was you said sometimes you have to burn through a lot of the bad ones to get to the good ones. What do you mean by that? And maybe what does burn through mean? Yeah, so there I think of when students are thinking of of ideas for a project or for a paper, a lot of the ideas are just not going to be feasible. So especially the, the sort of classes I taught, we would usually do a couple of small papers. And so in a small paper, there's only so much you can do. And so the ideas you go after or the argument you try to make can only be so big. You can't be too ambitious. And so in in that way and, and other ways, a lot of times students would have ideas for the small paper that either it's not going to fit into the small paper or, you know, the argument that we're thinking of is kind of, it's just disconnected and it's not going to get off the ground. Um, but you kind of work on those ideas and either either set those aside and, and get to other ideas or refine those ideas a bit and, and get to a place that, that you've got something that's manageable. You know, you've got a plan, you've got something doable. And I think one thing that I noticed is that people are very different in terms of how quickly they can be dissuaded from an idea, how quickly they can be convinced to move on to something else. And so so some uh, students have an idea, and if you offer some strong criticism or show some real problems with that idea, uh, they just double down and and keep going with the idea. Um, And then other students are really prone to jump off of something as, as soon as you give a small criticism of it. So as soon as you say, oh, what about this argument against that view and they would say oh oh i better switch sides of the argument or i better pick a different topic or something so um i think it it really depends on the person and how how much they'll cling to a given idea whether it's feasible or not and some people need to be told pretty directly and pretty firmly this this is an idea you should move on from and other people if the criticism you know it sounds a little strong then they're going to give up ideas too quickly and so there's there's kind of a balance there i think in terms of um how to how how firmly to nudge somebody off of an idea that just isn't going to work for the project yeah, and let's take that, you know, we're talking about uh, academia there, and we're talking about classroom setting. Let's bring it into like the workplace setting. If I'm the manager of a team and I'm saying, hey, this is where we're trying to go, what ideas do you all have for how we could potentially get there? Or if this is one of the overarching goals for the organization, what are some ideas that you all have to be able to help us get there? These are meetings, you know, we refer to these as core team meetings internally, but these are meetings that we run for organizations quite a bit. And sometimes, that person will give an answer, you know, a, a frontline employee will say, I think we should do this. And in the back of your mind, manager, department head, you might be going, that's a terrible idea. We tried that 10 years ago. It didn't work then. It's not going to work now, right? But I would argue that there might be some benefit to letting them at least chase that down for a few steps. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but maybe let's talk about what would be the benefit of letting maybe some of your people chase down some of those potentially quote unquote bad ideas. They're not spending money. They're not spending spending resources on it, but they are doing, doing a little bit of legwork. They are doing a little bit of homework to something that in the back of your mind, you feel like is a dead end, 
but they might not know that yet. What would be the benefit of letting them kind of chase that down to come to that conclusion on their own? To, to borrow Stephanie's example of, of a hospital that maybe has someone on the team saying, let's start selling ice cream. Two really different goals, right? If your goal is to make people healthier, ice cream, statistically, I don't think there's anything that shows ice cream does make you healthier and I'm lactose intolerant. So I'm just a bad example all the way around. I'm an exciting guy, but uh, it could lead to maybe a team member says, well, you know what? People love ice cream and they're not seeing their doctor. Dentists give out candy. What if we give everyone some ice cream when they have a visit? Again, that may not be a great idea, but then that is super dark. Oh, I, I don't know. <laughs> I also have a friend who's a dentist, which makes me an even worse person. But what I think it could lead to, though, right? How do we incentivize customers to engage with us in a different way, which was not their intent at the start? Let's become an ice cream parlor. But some ideas could come from that. There's also you know, a famous old quote that a pen is more powerful than a sword. And it comes from this idea. The reason why you we would say there are such things as bad ideas is because ideas have a lot of weight. They take direction. And so if you're an organization who has direction you need to go in, bad ideas can start to kind of undermine your mission and your purpose. One of the things we have at PeopleCentric is a value system as well, which I think is another check against ideas. And one of our idea, one of our values is based in truth. So an idea could also come from a lot of places that are bad, but if something's just untrue, I have an idea you might have, you know, with your supervisor, because you think something's happening that isn't. So that's a difference, you know, in perception, or maybe just understanding what's actually happening or reality. And so I think that there's a lot of ways to gut check that type of thing. Yeah, I'll, I'll add to that. Of like, I think another reason why as a leader, you might let somebody kind of go down the path is kind of honestly like the idea of letting them fail in a safe way, right? We learn more from failing than we do succeeding, which, you know, as a recovering perfectionist, I hate that that's true. But I think sometimes, you know, if we have somebody on our team and, you know, I think um, generations in the workforce is coming up a lot right now too. So let's say maybe it's even somebody younger, less experienced on your team who's bringing these ideas. There could be a benefit to kind of like guiding them down that path and showing them how it fails. Cause I think they could probably learn a lot and maybe they would learn more about your organization and why it functions the way it does or why your budget is set up and structured the way it is, why the numbers are where they are, um, what patients really want to see, what is our goal at the hospital, what do we want to treat, what do we want to help with in the community, that if we would like let them kind of maybe go down the path of like, they would probably realize at some point that it, it isn't it isn't a great idea. You know, I think most people really want to do a good job and are smart. And so I think they would probably figure it out. But again, it's kind of figuring out for a leader, like, could I kind of let them safely fail or could I help walk them through it versus just being like that? Nope. Nope. That's a bad idea. They're not going to do it. Like your team doesn't learn anything from that. And I think it adds context that helps a lot of people learn. I think, I think even taking that a step further, if I'm, if I am not letting them chase those things down and I am automatically the fail proof I am the stopgap here. The the nope, it's not going to work. Nope, 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 it's not going to work. All of a sudden, you are accidentally training your team to become dumber, honestly, because they're just going to keep. You are going to be that 
you were going to be the pulse check then. It's like, hey, we have an idea for this. What do you think? No. Okay. And they don't think about anything again. Like they're only thinking about the things that you are having them think about. I think if I'm a manager of a team or a department head, gosh, I look forward to the day that I can let somebody take a few steps on something that I think is probably going to not succeed because maybe we've done that. Or maybe in my 25 years of knowledge, I, I know the behind the scenes what they're going to run into, but there might come a day when that person, you let them go two or three steps and they come back to you and they say, well, bad news, it's not going to work. And you can play the role of, ah, bummer, I was really looking forward to that. What happened? And they could say, well, it turns out once you get past this point, this is also in place and that won't allow this thing to happen. I think now my team member, my employee, whatever that looks like is now smarter. They learned some stuff instead of just going, what do you think? Can we do it? Nope. And they're blind to the reason why we can't. Now they know why they can't. You know, I think this this kind of piggybacks or tailors itself nicely to like the delegation conversation. I think some people are don't let don't delegate tasks to other people because they think they know what the outcome is going to be. I think that's one of the reasons why they don't. And what you're doing is you're creating a team of people who are not innovative, not problem solvers, not not uh, being coached to maybe ask the next question, not trying to dig a little bit deeper. They're very, very surface level. Uh, if and Instead, if we give them opportunities to delegate different projects for them to be able to run down the path a little bit, um, and they might surprise you. They might surprise you at the same time and came back and say, hey, good news, we made it work. And that might blow your mind and say, what, what, how did you do that? What happened? There was a team that we worked with and Ben, I'll come to you. It looks like you have something to add to that. There was a team that we worked with a couple of years ago. And this team of frontline employees said, uh, we want to work to build the e-commerce platform for the organization. What? Like the, the frontline employees said that and they to the organization's credit, they were given the bandwidth to be able to do that, and they accomplished it. Like they, they are so stinking successful now with this that these frontline. Now it wasn't all them. They through the process they built their network. Through the process they they added people. They had conversations with people they never had questioned you know conversations with before. They're around the same table with people that they had never been around the table before, and the end result was. They, were, they had a concerted effort. They were driven to do it. They built the e-commerce platform that the organization still uses still uses today. I, I think at the beginning of that conversation, it might be like, mm, bad idea. Plus, we have a full team of IT people that'll take care of that, right? They'll, that's not a you thing. But to the organization's credit, they gave them an opportunity to kind of chase that down. And as they got a step further, it was like, okay, take the next step. Got a step further. Okay, take the next step. And then they ultimately accomplished this wonderful thing. Sorry, Ben, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to uh, add something to this idea that trying something out and it not working can be a real opportunity for growth between uh, the person who's trying it out and and the person, you know, probably their manager who gave them a little room to try it out. And uh, sometimes that process can even happen um, just by thinking through something carefully uh, in partnership with somebody. And, you know, sometimes you can just run a good mental simulation of something and learn some good lessons and have some growth without having gone through uh, the implementation process, which might cost some money and might take some time. And so um, that's, that's one reason I think to um, respond sometimes to ideas that just seem like they're not going to get off the ground by saying, how would that work? How would you do that? Um, and sometimes there's, there's room for that sort of 
practice without putting it into practice of um, just thinking through something and, and learning things and getting a little smarter, like you said, Matt. Sometimes you've just got to try it out to really learn, but sometimes just working through an idea with somebody can help them gain some insight, help them understand things just a little bit better rather than saying initially, immediately, well, that's a bad idea. Next topic. Yeah, I really like that. And I like kind of, I feel like you're coming to that idea, Ben, of like, like kind of stay curious as a personal value of like, yeah, what if you asked questions instead of just be like, no, I don't think that's going to work of like how you were saying like, well, how would that work? What would that look like? Have you like, do you think it would use more resources or are we talking about the same stuff, the same people on this team? So I really like that idea. I'll also add to it, like if you're a leader, how you say that is probably just as important or more important to what you say. Because Ben, how you said it was like, how would you do that differently? And it was a very like curious tone. Like, how would that work? That's really different. Like, well, how would that work? You know, and I think sometimes we get in, we get busy and we get going and we kind of forget that, yeah, we might be asking a question, but the tone here isn't great. And it, it's said in a way that then shuts the other person down. So just, I think another layer to add to this, because leading super easy, there's not 15 layers to this of like, it's not just what you say, but also how you say it and your body language of like, am I leaning in and engaged and, you know, thinking about what you said, or am I just like, well, how would that work? And why, why do you think that would work? You know, that those feel more accusatory. Yeah. You know, I, I do a lot of, I, I train a course called facilitation 101 and it's just like these do's and don'ts of facilitating groups of people. And Ben, you're probably familiar with some of these in this, in the classroom, in, in a classroom setting too. I, I agree with Stephanie on how I respond to that is going to be super important. I can also like, what if it is genuinely, cause I can hear people, what if it's genuinely a bad idea? It's a bad idea. And in your mind, what if it's genuinely a bad idea and I resp respond negatively to the bad idea? What am I doing effectively now to my team if I do that? Yeah, we were talking about this prepping for the podcast a little bit of I had a work experience once where there was a person on our team who maybe it was just me personally. It seemed like other people agreed that the ideas this person would just throw out at a meeting were just genuinely bad ideas. Where it's just like, there is just no way we're ever going to do that. Or like where, like I kept thinking, also like, where do they come up with these things? I mean, creativity, 10 out of 10, feasibility, zero out of 10. And so it is just kind of like in those moments, there was this tension for, for the leaders in the room to be like, okay, we don't want to embarrass this person and call them out or make them feel like chastised in front of other people. But also, like, we do need them to understand that those really are bad ideas. Yeah, and, 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 and I think sometimes it feels like we're saving the team from maybe the conversation, maybe the, a lost conversation or lost time. But there's power in numbers, too. I'm sure this is something that you've heard before, too. If it's genuinely a bad idea, a lot of times you as the facilitator or you as the manager don't have to be the one to right the wrong. The group will do it 
for you. So you don't have to be the bad guy, so to speak, right? You know, one of the things in Facilitation 101, and I've always used this as an example, and I've stopped using it, and I'll tell you why here in just a moment. But what if it's like, let's say, what's your favorite kind of uh, 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 dog food, you know, whatever, like, and it's Alpo. Great. Purina. Great. That's awesome. Colgate. And then your- interesting conversations you have with people about dog food out on the road. Well, what's interesting is I, I normally, you know, what if they say Colgate? And it's like, I'm pretty sure that's a toothpaste. Wrong answer. I've maybe shut them down. I had the reason why I don't use that example is because I did find out that Colgate also does produce dog food because somebody used to work for Colgate and they were in the room. So who knew, who knew that was a thing? But they also they also do that. But, you know, if I'm responding like that, yes, 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 wrong. Yes. You have now alienated that person. But I don't want to alienate that person because there's this other term, I'm going to throw another term out there called groupthink. Somebody define groupthink for me. Like put that into your own words. I'll throw it out to the out to the team. Group groupthink. What do you think? Somebody else can take this because I'm busy Googling Colgate dog food. <laughs> does it does it nourish your pet while also making their breath smell better? I'm so curious. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna let somebody else take that. I'm following that rabbit trail. Yeah, you should do that. I think it's a mint flavored dog food. It cleans as you chew. I actually think I should start eating that because I hate brushing my teeth. I would say group think is in my words, right? It's when a group of people, you just, even if everyone thinks a different thing, it's whatever first thought comes out, you either feel you're supposed to think that way and there's not energy or investment put in alternative ideas we're looking at other options. So whether it's sheeple or just not wanting to put in the effort, you just kind of all go that direction. And it could be easy on small stuff. Like, do you want sandwiches for lunch or pasta? Doesn't really matter, but really big things too. This is how we work. Why? It's just what we've done forever. No reason why. Yeah. This is what we do because this is what we've always, this is what we've always done. And I think a lot of times teams and classes don't that maybe they have done such a good job of eliminating the distraction of people being being able to bring those things up that now they've gotten stuck into this idea of groupthink. They don't have a voice around the table that's going, guys, what if we don't do that anymore? You know, hey, we followed the same process for five years. There's got to be a different way that we can do this. You know, and, and I think sometimes sometimes organizations, if they, if they do not um, allow space for that feedback or allow space for sometimes that quote unquote potential bad idea, then you might be also uh, falling into this idea of groupthink to where you have eliminated that. Maybe maybe you feel like you're more efficient because you don't have to waste time on that type of stuff, uh, but you're probably leaving something on the table too in creativity for your team, problem solving for your team too. Well, just like your point, Matt, it seems maybe a bad idea could come to the table and it's a bad idea if it doesn't align with your organizational goals, but a bad response would be decreasing someone's empowerment in that idea. So yeah, sure. Stop thinking, stop being creative. You're wrong. Stop. So maybe that's it. A healthy response to bad ideas, still fostering empowerment, even if it's a bad idea. Yeah. And this might even go away from the bad ideas, but let's, I'm just taking us down the road just a little bit further. If we have eliminated that space, you know, we've talked to, I can't tell you how many managers or leaders of, of companies, owners of companies that desire to have honest feedback from employee opinion surveys. Uh, and they're asking them like, Hey, Hey, how can I be a better leader? How can I help? How can I help lead the organization better? How can I be a better communicator for you? And they don't say anything. They quit responding a while ago because you stopped that interaction a while ago, but they will tell their friends behind the, behind the uh, owner's back. 
and they'll hear the whispers and the gossips behind their back. And I've had to have the hard, difficult conversations with those owners of saying, maybe it's not the fact that you're asking the question. Maybe it's the response to them if they actually have an answer to your question, because maybe they've been down that path before and you didn't react super positively with it. Guys, we're not saying that this is an easy thing. This is why management is difficult. I think this is why leading a team is difficult. Uh, I'm taking the good with the bad. I think there's positives of being able to take those uh, those uh, steps initially or challenging your team to, to be able to take one or two steps down the road, even if you think it's potentially a bad idea. We're not arguing that there are genuinely bad ideas, but what we're saying is you might want to you might want to have that conversation. If you do stop the conversation because it's a bad idea, we might try to fill in the blanks of why you're stopping the conversation. Um, because uh, you know we take it for granted that they know some of those things in addition to that. But uh, one more thing, let's touch on before we just wrap this up. What if, what if I am the employee that needs to have that conversation, or uh, uh, maybe it's you? The manager thinks it's a bad idea, but it's a good idea. But the manager thinks it's a bad idea because it's an area for improvement for the manager. You know what? What if I am stuck in that? What if I do feel like I have some thoughts? Like, what's an appropriate way as an employee that I can maybe stage those thoughts uh, for best results? And one thing I'll throw out there is like actually give time to discuss this with your manager or leader. Like, I think a mistake we can make is because, you know, everybody's busy, quote unquote, is we'll just try to catch this person in between things. We're like, well, I'm just going to try to catch them in between this meeting. Or I'm going to sort of try to catch them while they're doing this or that. And that's where I think like sometimes accidentally leaders will give negative reactions to things just because their brain is somewhere else. Like you're coming to them with something that maybe feels to them out of left field, their brain is busy working on other tasks, doing other things. And so they don't really have capacity to think about what you're bringing to them. And so sometimes you might get that reaction. It's like, well, it didn't feel like they responded super well. Well, but did we actually present this idea to them in a moment where they could process it and think about it. So if it's that scenario, like Matt was describing, where maybe it's like, I know this is a great idea, schedule a meeting with that person that you need to talk to and say, this is why I want to meet. I want to keep talking about that idea. And even ask, like, is there any information that you want me to come to this meeting with that would be helpful as we discuss it? You know, I'm like, I think that see if there is, maybe there's background information that they want would want to see before they would say that's a yes or a no. Um, but I think the big thing there is just like, give this some actual like dedicated time where both of your minds can, can be focused and present on it in that moment. Um, give the person some time and space to think some things do take some time to make a decision on or to process, or there may, we may need to go to other people in the organization to get more information. So set time and, and don't get discouraged if you don't get the immediate yes. Like sometimes things just do need a little more, more processing. Yeah, I love that. And you might even, uh, you, 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 you said it well, I think you might even take, uh, think about one or two steps down the road of how you would actually make that thing happen. I think it's easier, make it easier on your leaders to be able to create buy-in with your leaders by not just leaving the idea at their doorstep and saying, hey, this would be awesome if you'd do this and kick it down the road to them. And then we get upset when they don't do it. Uh, man, help them be easy to say yes. Make it make something easy to say yes to. Do a little problem solving with them or at least offer to. I think Stephanie said that well. 
All right, let's let's give some final thoughts here. I'm going to ask you each maybe for one takeaway. Like you have one takeaway with this uh, idea here of how to handle a bad idea or any of the conversation. What's your one best practice that you might give to those listening here that they can take away for themselves? I might sort of summarize some some thoughts um, that that everybody was saying in terms of just thinking of ideas that aren't necessarily going to work or aren't necessarily going to be implemented. Um, can still be positive. They can still be used for growth. They can still be used to improve processes and improve relationships. And so I think a lot of what we're saying about uh, how to interact with bad ideas is to frame bad ideas as opportunities. So not every idea is going to work and not every idea is a good idea, but even the bad ones are an opportunity to make something positive happen. Awesome. Thank you, Ben. I was just thinking, you know, your story at the start is actually a great idea. Uh, I'm going to have a mask just in case I'm around too many bad ideas. And I can just say, hide my face. That, that's it. We should start selling those. Got bad ideas mask. But I think lean, what my main takeaway, leaning into those ideas, being curious on both sides, whether it's a bad idea coming from leaders or those being led, really finding out why and doing some coaching accountability in the middle of that and just explaining it, but taking that time because ideas lead to empowerment and a bad idea tomorrow could lead to a habit of good ideas, you know, in the future. That sounds like a bookmark. That's good. Thank you, Philip. Stephanie? That was, that was well said. I think my biggest takeaway is respond, don't react. So whether you are the leader or the person sharing the idea, take a beat, actually respond. Don't just react. So if you're the manager and someone gives you a bad idea, this is where the whole mask thing comes in. Take a second and think about how you want to respond to that. What's the appropriate response for that versus just like, ugh, like that's bad. Um, or how on earth would you do that? Um, and then also for like the employee, like if you're manager doesn't seem to like your idea, again, respond, don't react. It might just be their face or they might just have their brain be somewhere else. Or maybe there are things going on in the organization that you're just not clued in on at the moment that might make it hard for that idea to move forward. So again, just think about that for a second and respond to it thoughtfully versus just reacting of like, ah, oh, they never, they always shoot my ideas down because always is never true. Yeah, like my mom used to say, always is a long time. Is it always? Probably not. You know, we talk about that. We maybe introduced a few new terms today. One of those things, uh, one of those terms we talked about is groupthink. I want, I want you to think about this as a managerial, maybe you are a manager of a team, maybe you're a department head, maybe you're a business owner, whatever that looks like. Um, I want you to think about that. What, what type of team, as a manager, what type of team am I trying to build? Gosh, I want them to be creative. I want them to be problem solvers. I want them to be have buy-in. I want them to be engaged in the process. I want them to think about something that's bigger than just the role that they're in with the organization, right? And one of the ways that I can help them do that is to be able to create a safe space for them to be able to bring ideas and let them kind of go down the road. Um, do your best to try to avoid that group. Think, keep things fresh with the team. Invite those conversations, even if they're opposite, even if they're opposite of the, uh, the status quo that we're typically used to. So... I hope you, hopefully you took something away from this that was beneficial. Uh, if you liked this topic, feel free to hit us up on social media. We love to interact with our listeners uh, there. If you have other ideas for topics, we'll uh, make sure to listen to uh, the outro here to, to hear how to 
contact us and get a hold of us and give us different topic ideas. Share the podcast. We love you all. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the People Centered Podcast. We are so grateful for you joining us every week. If you like this content, please like and subscribe. Also, feel free to share on your social media with everyone that you know. It really does help us. If you would like to contact us, I have put our information in the show notes. Please reach out anytime. We love hearing from you. We will be back next week with a new topic. Until then, be well and lead well.